0: hi everyone welcome back uh comics comics deserve better and also comics deserve no stuttering apparently and <laughs> we're at a different bonus episode uh uh if you joined us last week thank you very much uh this is part two of the uh, saga saga uh, kind of a recap of the uh of what is saga and what makes it great and since uh in a couple weeks uh from recording this or from uh actually this coming going out the uh there's going to be some new saga um books coming out so i figured this is a good time to catch up uh during this wonderful uh holiday break so with me again is richard
1: hey i'm here (laughs)
0: right and we have a lot to go into so we'll jump right into volume four which uh introduces um prince robot for son, dango jenny yuma um and uh and i'll give you guys the quick uh synopsis from Comixology. And when i say quick i am not joking i mean very quick it says visit new planets meet new adversaries and explore a very new direction as hazel becomes a toddler while her family struggles to stay on their feet that's it so on to volume five no okay <laughs> So we'll get, we'll get into that a little bit further. So they, after the time jump at the last page of uh, Volume 3, uh, they're now um, on planet Gardenia. Uh, Marco is a stay-at-home dad with a horrible disguise. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Alana is working as an actor in the open circuit, which is uh, basically wrestling meets soap operas. And yes, it's as bombastic as that sounds, <laughs> but yeah. And so um, Alana is able, everyone's masked. Um, so Alana's is able to keep her identity even though she's on national, basically national television, even though it's intergalite you, know, you know, but um, she, yeah, it's hard to tell who she is. And, uh, and Marco has a fully bandaged face and hair dyed. He goes out with Hazel to parks so that she can get that toddler energy out. <laughs> and while he's out there meets a mom um, who's also a dance teacher named Jenny um, and eventually signs Hazel up uh, for, for ballet for the aforementioned toddler energy that needs to be dissipated at all costs. So uh, basically Alana who is working for um the open circuit is uh has a job because of Yuma, who is one of D Oswald Heist's uh, sec- um, ex-wives as uh, the second ex-wife to be exact. Yes. Um, once again, very cool plant like design. She's like basically a bush. <laughs> and she's an awesome
1: looking character yeah
0: and like we were talking about like like last last episode like how it's just every you know there's there's no reason to design the characters the way that they are designed but it's just like yay have at it please just make everyone interesting because even jenny the uh who we just mentioned is basically a batwoman you know like yeah cool that's really cool
1: (laughs) it's such a weird concept that um like so much of that war, of the main conflict of the book between uh, the two, the the planet and the Moonies, is uh, like so much about xenophobia about these two alien races that look fairly similar. When yeah. you have all these other aliens that they interact with, that it's like, oh, would I imagine that you guys would be much more xenophobic of these people that look totally different than you? Yes. Like, it's just an interesting concept.
0: Exactly, and and so yeah, it's just the. It's it's weird, like the bedfellows that ha, have been created. And once again, I'm assuming it's like Fiona Staples is like, oh, I have carte blanche the decide. Whatever Like the uh
1: the guy, uh, the character, uh, I forget his name who runs the open circuit. He looks like a cross between like a uh, master splinter and a stone gargoyle yeah like, like that's the energy for the moment i saw him like i was just like he's a stone gargoyle dressed as master splinter
0: exactly <laughs> and you know he's got a gravelly voice and it's probably chewing on a stogie at all times
1: oh absolutely yeah. oh yeah every time he's not on scene he's smoking something yeah, something some sort of either a celebratory a celebratory stogie or some sort of you know cigarette
0: well yuma also happens to be a drug dealer <laughs> and is is basically giving out drugs to all the people working on the circuit including alana she starts using this drug called fade away um but there's a fantastic one page spread when she gets high for the first time that's uh that it's like a, a basically in like psychedelic bubbles as fuck yeah <laughs> so i thought that was pretty cool um yeah but you know, um, Marco eventually catches Alana using drugs, and Alana conf- at the same time, Alana confronts him for saying Jenny's name in his sleep. So a fight breaks out um, outside of their rocket ship home, and Marco asks Alana if she's ever been high around Hazel. She says yes. Marco gets pissed and throws groceries at her, and Alana kicks him out. So they are now separated from each other, which is gonna be very crucial coming up in just a moment here
1: it's it's the crux of this arc basically (laughs) yes
0: yeah totally um so um marco goes to Ginny's house uh because he you know he does he's not he's not talking to anyone else on this planet because they're laying low so he goes there he sees a toy that hazel left there uh one one time during a play date with uh daughter and Mm -hmm. uh and oh you know hazel can't sleep with this like it's punk Chunk? i think i didn't write it down yeah. but yeah it's this is little little like you know little baby toy it looks really cute but um has a really strange head that it <laughs> gets gets uh imagined during a, a fever dream later in the in the uh, in the story but um so she he grabs hazel's toy runs out and uh to go deliver the toy so meanwhile uh prince is born with um while the prince uh is born while four is still missing or generally thought dead by everyone uh very once again another very interesting uh you know one page spread of a baby crowning out of a robot vagina
1: (laughs) but the baby has a uh Television screen for a
0: Television screen for a head, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so at first, like, you know, it's the, basically the first page of volume four, and it's like, what is that? Oh, God, that's what that is. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, extreme close-up of a, of a television baby being born. Um, so. I, I
1: uh, You have to love just the era that we live in because, you know, human history, human beings have been around for a while, and no <laughs> one's ever been like, hey, I'm going to drown. An alien giving birth very vividly, and someone's going to pay me well earned money for it. Like it's nice that we just exist at a time that that's a thing that you can do.
0: Exactly. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, well, where is four uh, or IV? Uh, he's on Sextillion, the aforementioned uh, brothel planet, and having copious <laughs> amounts of sex. And um, it's a party. It is a party with. Once again, multiple types of different characters being drawn by by you know, the staples. So um the uh- so you kind of learn a little bit about the robot planet at this time uh, about like the hierarchy, not everyone's royalty, obviously uh, it, it's, it's almost like the quality of your television set that is your head is mm-hmm. denotes whether, yeah. Like if you're a color television, you're, your monarchy. And if you're black and white, then you're, uh, you're like the people, you know, like the, uh, the, the serfs and the, you know, the masses essentially. So Dango He's a janitor with a old black and white television with a dowel on the front, total archaic. Uh, <laughs> he kidnaps the royal baby and, and shoots the queen or the princess right in the face uh, after revealing that he's doing this because of the death of his own kid, due to a toxic water, like, due to toxic water that could have been prevented in his opinion by the robot monarchy if they were not paying attention to helping the, uh, the landfolians in the war. And so uh, he's he basically stealing the baby as a political uh, for political reasons, essentially to try to, to uh, make changes. But um, yeah, he shot someone. I was gonna in the say, um,
1: no, no, he stabs her because it's oh, like a yes. little thing where he's like he has like a a squeegee mop that's like a, that's hiding a sword on the inside. Yes, and he yes, stops yes. her right through her screen. It's yeah. pretty vivid.
0: Yeah, yeah. If if you ever thought you'd kind of wince at the death of a television <laughs> via stabbing, <laughs> this is the moment right now. Um, so yeah, he kidnaps the baby um, and it uh, runs off. Obviously, he's kind of unhinged because he literally just stabbed somebody in the face. And, and
1: he's he's fascinating because like he's a, he he wants to be some sort of revolutionary. But he is playing everything by ear. Like yeah. his plan was steal the royal baby.
0: And then has, what?
1: <laughs> and then everything else, yeah. he has nothing. He's he, just, you know, taking it one day at a time. And that's not really how you uh, revolution, I imagine.
0: No, and that <laughs> kind of befalls him in a little bit here. Um yeah, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> not not the best for. Him.
0: So uh Ivy is you know on Sixtillion. He's informed by mama's son who's the like kind of the head of the of the planet brothel um, that um, his uh, son has been kidnapped and his uh, his baby mama has been been murdered uh, he asks how long had it been that he's been a father and mama's son mentions it that uh, he's been a father for over 21 days and so what does the also very unhinged Ivy do she he shoots her in the face because <laughs> He, he was not informed that he had been a father for almost uh, three weeks now so um uh yeah <laughs> so um mama's son was in the first volume we didn't really mention her but she's not definitely not a likable character but definitely a surprise to just kind of see her get thrown away real fast because yeah. she, definitely, she definitely had power in the first in the first volume and that power is taken away really quickly <laughs> from her no this is
1: a uh... This book is fantastic, uh, but this is a Game of Thrones level of disregard for uh, named characters. Yeah. Anyone could go at any time. Don't get oh. too attached.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, it's there's no no reason to start loving someone because it might be dead in the next couple pages, um, <laughs> and, so. and, and,
1: and in a very grotesque manner. Like no yeah. one, <laughs> there's not a lot of people uh, dying of old age in this.
0: No, no, definitely not. Um, so, so Dango, he decides to go to Gardenia, um, which is where the open-circuit, where Lana Market Marco are right now. I'm going to say Lana Market. Uh, <laughs> Lana, uh, <Marco. laughs> um, they went to... Uh, and so he was going there, basically, to get an audience um, for his revolution. Once again, like as Richard said, he's basically flying on the seat of his pants on this, yeah. this revolution. And um, he arrives on Gardenia confronts uh, Yuma and another actor and their boss, uh, the gargoyle, uh, splinter guy and uh they're as they're leaving and he demands to be put on the circuit but they actually can't do it so dango as an energy is he basically kills uh everyone except for yuma who ends up uh begging for her life and uh basically reveals uh the information about hazel's existence to to him um, yeah so um and and just you know and so she's spared she's shot but she's not killed
1: i was gonna say not for lack of trying on you yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i was just she sure shoots her-, her and yeah. leaves her to die basically. yeah
0: but she she survives for now um and uh dango um he goes to the ship where hazel and family are remember that marco is not on the ship at this time and uh, he, he tries to take hazel but Alana basically uh, commands the ship to launch in order to stabilize Dango. And at that very moment, Marco is arriving to deliver Hazel's toy. So he sees them fly off and has no idea why they're flying off. Um, I uh, So, in the meantime, uh, Ivy, uh, after being shut down by his father, uh, he, uh, uh, which is I've, once again a really cool visual what's uh, what i was talking about about the about the uh television
1: screens the, <laughs> he is the most massive flat screen tv he's you've like, ever seen
0: like, like frank's uh 200 inch tv or or from uh from weird al yeah that's basically yes no
1: uh, no the the blacks on king robot must be amazing that contrast ratio yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah he basically takes the entire panel up and like at first like where is his head and then you realize that blank space that's like above his neck is his head because that's how giant this guy's head is so uh both figuratively and literally probably um i forget if he appears later in the story but no no no
1: just the just the one issue with that talk yeah he's alluded to you know we hear about his commands, but we never see him again.
0: Okay, Poor, well, um, definitely a cool another once again another cool visual. Um, so he's um, there's another character. Um, I I think uh, what when, when I did my uh, my my stuff yesterday or like last week when we did the uh, the first episode, um, I I kind of forgot that the that there's a character uh, um, that uh, oh what's his name. Um, uh gale who's basically agent gale? yeah agent gale who's who's basically a, a landfall intelligence he kind of he's basically kind of uh, a person who kind <laughs> of pushes the story forward he's a total dick i yeah he's,
1: yeah he's a total dick but he's like a landfall spook basically
0: yeah so he reveals to, to iv that uh that they have trackers on every single robot uh ship so there, the, he's able to follow Ivy or follow uh, Dango, uh, who has taken a, a robot ship uh, and murdered everyone on the uh, on the ship at the same time. Uh, we haven't talked about Gwendolyn yet, but um, uh, towards the end of this uh, volume, Gwendolyn is using the Will's cl- cloak and weapon and has now a an eight year old Sophie. Uh, they both break into the Hall of Patents to uh, steal uh, a. Patent of a medicine that will uh, help uh, the will kind of regain consciousness and, and survive. So yeah, their medical system is about as good as the American medical system, where a patent is keeping things down from uh, being helpful for people. But that's another story for another time. And uh, they're confronted by the brand, um, who's tracking the will ship and uh, and and thinks that they stole her brother's gear. So there's a quick little skirmish, but then they realize. They're both working. They're all working for the same reason to, to you know to kind of help out the will, and uh, they realize that they have to go get uh, dragon semen from uh, the planet that uh, the sock uh, the sock who you know died in the last uh, uh, couple volumes, or like actually the first volume really right? early yeah, yeah really yeah. early on. And so they have to go there to get dragon semen to get you know, make the spell work to make the will uh, revive so um in the meantime yuma arrives on quietus uh which is where um heist lived uh from the last volume and mm-hmm. he speaks to goose um who's uh, the little seal guy who uh has uh his cattle which are like those giant walrus like like creatures including gotta love goose there's um there's friendo which is the which is basically the pet of Alana and marco and um find out that goose has like a psychic bond to uh to all his all his walrus uh cattle and so they um so she asked if you could you know if we basically use you as a tracker to find the find uh the um you know the ship and he says that he thinks he can do it and then it's kind of a pan out when you find out that uh it's not just yuma but uh turns out prince robot the fourth and marco are working in unison to help uh rescue their respective children yeah so and that's that was how, a nice
1: little twist because i was like yeah. oh we're about to get a confrontation
0: yeah no because because a robot when he finds out that marco's involved is pissed and then you and then like the next panel that you see both of them they're working together and then marco has the shield and sword of uh um of, of Ginny's family that you saw earlier on her wall when he had come and yeah. visited. So they're um they kind of talk about that a little bit later about how she just was like wanted to be helpful and give her and gave him those uh those things. So that gets us into volume five. Before we go in there, do you have anything else you wanna add about volume four?
1: No, I was just gonna say when they uh reintroduced Sophie, I didn't know who that was for a few like minutes. I'm like I'm like who's this character i was like oh it's sophie she grew up
0: yeah no completely because everyone kind of looks the same you yeah, know and she's like one of
1: the few that you know looks markedly different
0: because she's they, gotten older yeah because she's a kid you know so yeah yeah no when the first time i read that i was like who's this girl why is she hanging out with glendolin like <laughs> but oh yeah, yeah, yeah same we're gonna go ahead and jump into volume five which uh, comicsology has uh, summarized as, um, while Gwendolyn and Lion Cat uh, risk everything to find a cure for the will, Marco makes it an easy alliance with Prince Robot IV to find their missing children, who are trapped on a strange world with terrifying new enemies. So, that is where we're at with Volume 5. Kind of a recap mm-hmm. of the recap we just we just went through. And um, Oh, uh, who we lost in Volume 4. Is uh some of Alana's co-workers, uh the wife of, of Ivy. And that's that's basically it for now. <laughs> so <laughs> don't worry. Oh, no, and,
1: and um I forget mama at the Sextillion.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, Mama's son, yes, as well.
1: Yes. Mama's son, there we go. Yeah. yeah.
0: And all right, so all right, volume five uh introduces the last revolution fourth cell, which uh consists of Queen, Ziz, Lexus, Surge, and Julep uh don't worry about remembering all those names uh hint hint nudge nudge <laughs> um, <laughs> um you also introduce uh noreen um, who's a teacher um, okay well we'll get all into all that in just a moment here so jumping into volume five uh dango uh contacts the ra- last revolution uh who landed in a spaceship that looks like a mex foot which is kind of cool i thought that design once again was pretty rad kind of a gundam look to it um and then the revolution plans on using hazel obviously as a negotiation piece uh between the two uh factions uh to get uh, basically to get what they want which is uh basically everyone they basically want the destruction of both <laughs> both sides you know um they want peace but using violence to get peace essentially um Dango, is beginning to be convinced that he's doing the wrong thing by Alana and Clara, who, you know, is on the ship along with with uh, Hazel, uh, kind of realizing that flying by the seat of his pants is not the best way to, to incite a revolution. And uh, in the meantime, Marco, Ivy, uh, Yuma, and Goose are all heading towards Alana's group uh, via Goose's bond with Frendo. And uh, Marco uh, stops a robber at a convenience store. Uh, and knocks him out. Yuma um, robs him, <laughs> takes takes the dr- drugs off of him. Uh, Mar- 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 <laughs> I do love
1: how Yuma was like, "Oh, this person's into crime. They obviously have drugs on." Yeah, the
0: <laughs> exactly. So Marco uh, catches Yuma, realizes that she's being she's high. He's kind of pissed because she knows that you know the whole situation with Alana wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Yuma being a drug dealer. Um, but um, so he asks, you know, he actually asks, you know, like if she still has the drugs, and she says, yeah. But so, you know, uh, surprisingly, he kind of wants to like realize why Alana took them, so he asks to take them. So he does for the first time, but these aren't the best quality of drugs, obviously. They were taken off a person who was robbing a convenience store, <laughs> and- yeah,
1: they're, they're they, they are a tainted supply
0: yeah so they both od pretty instantaneously so ivy has to contact the surgeon general the robot monarchy uh who tells him basically to give some of his blood and you know basically feed him his blood to make them purge drugs uh via the old-fashioned you know way (laughs) meanwhile marco is having visions that kind of like you know about his life and like his relationships with family and everything like that. it it actually um he once he wakes up he's actually happy that about the od because he the, the visions kind of helped clear things up for him so um yuma however had a very bad trip and is feeling super guilty because you know she led to hazel being kidnapped and and also lots of other bad stuff and kind of feeling like like shit essentially um well they don't have too much time to reflect on all that stuff because they get stopped by a royal robot ship uh who's been sent by the king to stop them doing what they're doing um so the um the 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 ship shoots at the uh at the at the uh the spaceship that um that they're in but um and and it causes a gas leak uh so goose and yuma are sent out to investigate what's going on in the engine room uh, when they get there they see the gas leak uh, and goose kind of feels the heat of the room and realizes that anyone who enters someone has to enter in there and they're not coming out like it's it's way too hot for anyone to survive so goose is you know noble because he's amazing like <laughs> one of the coolest characters in, the, in this entire uh, entire story um is about to go in there himself without asking me any questions and um yuma knocks him out real quick and then decides to do the deed herself uh to kind of prove herself in her in her own eyes and mm-hmm. uh she's able to give the ship enough power to what they call hopscotching away which is kind of like you know like the hyperdrive, you know uh, teleportation kind of style of space travel um but then they find out that yuma was burned to death while uh while doing so so um Yuba, unfortunately, is no longer among the living in the story. But
1: has my favorite uh, panel. (laughs) Yes. Run of issues. Basically, uh, on the second to last page, it's like Yuda, like so many, uh, what so many of us strive for, got to die the way she lived. And then it's a big spread page that says high as fuck. Oh, fuck. It's just beautiful. It's a really well done spread and it's yeah. kind of hilarious. You
0: she kind of <laughs> has like this serene look on her face. like right. oh, no, She's, she's like,
1: very content with what's happening to yeah,
0: her. Even though she's and just, she's
1: literally burning up and she's like, you know, a plant person.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Once again, just some kind of fun, kind of morbid humor, but it was great. Yeah, Yuma died the way she lived. High as fuck. And so, uh, meanwhile, Sophie, Gwendolyn, and their brand travel to the planet uh, with the dragons on it and are uh, confronted first by female dragons who... Uh, Sophie's, like, super smart and realizes that they can use a translation ring and talk to the dragons and find out that, um, instead of fighting them, uh, find out where a male dragon is. Um we're also confronted by this doc's brother, uh, brother, who uh, ends up guiding them once again to kind of help the will out. Um, you know, you kind of at first you think he's an antagonist, but it turns out he's kind of helpful again. <laughs> and so they they're told where a uh, a male dragon is in a cave, and we get our second giant scrotum uh, alert in yeah uh, on this page. <laughs> oh,
1: With, this guy living yeah. the dream.
0: dragon is uh pleasuring himself with his own mouth (laughs) well and so they're like well we can just wait because he'll probably fall asleep once he's done doing this so um the brand volunteers to go out and get the uh the dragon semen she's you know she's able to do it she realizes that sophie has already gone out and um and uh to, to grab the the semen so brand goes out to rescue sophie and all the, the the commotion wakes the dragon up, and the dragon is uh, bitten in half by, or I'm sorry, Brand is bitten in half by the dragon. So Yeah,
1: it's, but, it's, it's, um, it's a very jarring, like, it's a very yeah. sudden death. Like, you're like, oh, oh, like, you're thinking, oh, it's a comic book. We're going to get a nice, you know, tit for tat, big superhero battle. Everyone's going to help out. It's like, nope,
0: nope, nope. She's dead. And it's very unser- yeah, no no ceremony at all. It's just like boom, she's dead, and oh, and
1: also no ambiguity. There was no hey, yeah. well maybe we'll be able to save no. her. <laughs> you
0: literally see the, the the bottom half of the brand flying out, out of the dragon's mouth, <laughs> so yeah, no, no doubt about it. So the group uh, makes their way um, back to the will and revives them with the uh, the magic of dragon semen, <laughs> and um, and um, will wakes up and. You know, not too happy that he got well uh, about the uh, the things that had happened in order for him to get revived, aka the uh, the death of his sister. So not very too not not too uh, happy and gracious about about the situation because he's also kind of a dick <laughs> once again. Um, so the will's alive again, or will, will, the will is uh, revived. Uh, that's important for things that were about to happen here, um, and he's not. He goes off by himself, um, but we'll get back to him. In just a few, actually, in volume six, we'll get back to him. And uh, let's see. So, uh, meanwhile, the the revolution is speaking to uh, someone from the uh, so from the wreath of uh, the boon about like basically doing kind of a, a prisoner exchange. Uh, but when the, uh, the when the person from the wreath sees Dango, the the robot uh, guy. Um, she he she basically calls everything off because they don't want to deal with robots because they're they're they are they they are viewed by the people from the moon as you know insane sociopathic murderers, and so um, Quayne who's the head of the revolution decides that they're going to kill Dango um, in order for the the, the uh, this negotiation to continue, and um, but Dango and Clara who is there with Hazel. Um, are able to um, kind of um, basically fight their way out, and they kill Quayne, um, and as well as Julep, who's kind of like a um, like an Atlantis, like a mermaid woman with a mm-hmm. with a, with a tri- or or giant sword. Uh, very anime style characters right here. Um, all
1: all all the members of the Revolution have very just a very interesting character design.
0: <laughs> you know they have an interesting past but most of them don't survive long enough right. and then, then I
1: was going to say the one with the uh, least interesting character design like the more Normal, yeah. or I guess more standardized for the two universes, character is the one that makes it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like maybe it was like it was like, oh yeah, these characters are neat, but this is a pain in the ass to draw.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the most generic one, and the one that you can you could basically get out of the costume and look just draw them as a regular person. You know, right. Completely? Yeah. So right now, Quain and Julep of the uh, the Revolution have been killed. Um, Lana is also able to escape and is running away with Dingo uh, to their ship where they're going to liaise with Clara and Hazel. However, Clara gets lost <laughs> and Hazel um, and her gets snatched by the other two. Well, well, she doesn't get
1: lost. She tries to go back to break Alana out of prison. Like, oh. they're, they're unable oh. to communicate. That's what it was. So she okay. goes back to... So what it, what it is is that Alana gets out of prison, locks the two remaining Revolution members in the prison yeah. she was in. And then Clara, when she figures out she's going to get free, she's like, we have to go get your mom and in trying to release Alana, releases two Revolution members and gets herself recaught.
0: Yeah, okay, so I I totally, yeah, I missed that when I read it. I I thought she just got lost. No, no, it
1: happens very sporadic. That's why I was like, let me just jump in because it's easy to miss.
0: Oh yeah, totally, so thank you very much. Um, Well,
1: it's it's also like Clara, I don't think would get lost. She's probably the most competent of our characters in this story thus far. Like, she's seen some shit, she's been to war, she's raised some kids. She's a badass grandma, but she's definitely the most competent of the characters we're dealing with.
0: In all honesty, this is my second reading of this. Um, did not appreciate her as much as I do this time around. And oh, the first go around. <laughs> she's definitely now in my my top echelon of like favorite characters from Saga because she's so cool. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: she's, and, and like she's um she's a uh, very um, she's stern while being flexible. Because yeah. when we were introduced to her and Barr, Barr sees the situation for what it is, and he accepts it, and this is his family now. She's rather more resistant, and she kind of, you know, she's pissed, and she kind of views the whole situation as an abomination. But, like, yeah. no, we get to the point that she loves a lot of, like, you know, as her okay. daughter-in-law, okay, like, yeah. a member of her family. She loves, She loves Hazel. Like, she adores Hazel. Yeah, but, like she's she's just an awesome character They're like, oh, yeah, you could be older and still have growth <laughs> and, and <laughs> experience also experience new things and be a badass. When,
0: when they got attacked on Quietus and she literally gets her ear torn off like the and like no flinching either. No flinching. And, and dangos yeah.
1: uh, one of his fingers off in their first meeting yeah like she she is ready at all times to throw down
0: yep exactly so she's the badass grandma that everyone wishes that they we, had. We, we all watch yeah definitely uh all right so um so clara and hazel now get snatched up by the uh two other members of the revolution and after they see dango kill surge another member of the revolution outside um, they decide to cut their losses and just flee with Hazel and Clara. So they they uh, jump, they basically get in their ship and they fly away with uh, Hazel and Clara as uh, captives. Um, so that is Ziz and Lexus, by the way. Um, yes. So just when Marco and the crew arrive, um, Marco talks to Alana um, out of killing Dango. Uh, and uh, <laughs> his, <laughs> she and uh, I I'm I'm a pacifist, but at that moment I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm on the side of Marco in the situation. But we don't have to fret about that because <laughs> Ivy <laughs> it doesn't have any qualms about what's going on. Um, and he gets his kidnapped son back from Dango and blasts the hell out of out of Dango Yo, with his arm cannon. It's such
1: a great scene because oh. Marco just spared his life and yeah. Dango is grateful. And then mm-hmm. Ivy walks up. And basically, Marco has his sob story spiel for his revelation, uh, revolution, ready to go. He's like, "Hey, this is my son," and this, like, he's trying yeah. to get him to empathize, to, to to understand why he did what he did. Like, as, I've been
0: waiting to talk to you about what happened to my son. Yeah,
1: yeah. Prince Robot the Fourth blows him away. Like he does not hear anything he has to nope. say. He's
0: like, "Okay, yeah, go ahead." Boom.
1: <laughs> it's a great panel. Like it is. And the thing is that uh, you feel for Dago because, like, it, this is trauma. This is what it looks like. All the bad things he did are because, you know, hurt people. He hurt people. Terrible things happened to him. And yeah. this is how he's lashing out at those terrible things. And then he comes around at the end and he's ready to sack. like he gives up a weapon to Alana. He's like, Hey, protect yourself, protect your family. Like I'll go be a distraction. Like I didn't expect him to make it to that part of the book because I thought he was going to die against the revolution. It seemed like how that was framed. Yeah. So like, no, he, he makes it through to the other side. You think, Oh, maybe, you know, there's going to be something more for him and he's just,
0: uh, blown it's, away <laughs> it's, it's essentially like the the um the speech in um in deep blue sea by samuel L. jackson <laughs> yeah precisely. it's kind of like one of those moments where you're like oh cool like he's had this heroic speech go go and then all of a sudden, boom he's dead you know the shark eats him and the exact same situation where i can we're like, okay dango's redeeming himself uh maybe he's gonna be in the later volumes and nope <laughs> Robot, not robot, so the fourth, fast,
1: my friend <laughs> takes care of her
0: business right away. Marco and Alana back together, they uh, don't have no longer, not, not even, even closer to get Hazel, and yeah, uh, <laughs> we get another uh, time jump uh, <laughs> um, between volumes five and six. So, uh, um, I'm guessing about a year, maybe two. Years? No,
1: no, at least two. At least three I was years? thinking two to three definitely two because i think she's a toddler so i'm assuming two before yeah. and she's at least four she's either four or five when we yeah, when we come back to her
0: Definitely preschool age yeah and she's a little more more like uh cognizant that said, i mean
1: again they're aliens it's a comic yeah, but she's exactly. very um like she's she definitely speaks like a child that would be older like she if yeah. she's four or five she has the understanding of a, like a 10 11 year old in the real world
0: absolutely and uh and also, maybe we can judge time by how many tattoos Clara gets. <laughs> yeah.
1: She's so awesome! Yeah,
0: exactly. So, okay, we well, basically find that Alana now is in some kind of preschool uh, with uh, with her new teacher, um, the aforementioned Noreen, uh, who's, like, a bug lady uh, with, like, giant, like, 60s-style, like, Hair and eyes, you know, like almost kind of like Twiggy essentially. <laughs> like,
1: she, she, um, uh, the, the, the Bob haircut gave me like yeah. Mrs. Brady, uh, Florence Henderson vibes, <laughs> like,
0: but on an insect body, <laughs> yes, so. on
1: an insect body. But yeah, they're definitely going, uh, Fiona Staples in the design is definitely evoking that look,
0: mm-hmm, like,
1: like, uh, mid to late 60s, you know, maybe hippie, maybe not, but just that was the style of the time,
0: like go go dancing kind of uh, yes
1: yeah oh yeah i could definitely see her as a go-go dancer like uh if her turtleneck was more just a long you know like a long sheer dress
0: yes oh absolutely <laughs> so yep so yeah Lana's a little bit older she's uh up to no good in class uh because she you know she's a little scallion. <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's the end of volume five um, before I jump, also, into,
1: Hazel yeah. does seem like she seems like to be the special kid, like she does seem to be, and the, the teacher seems to identify that that she is a little yeah. bit brighter than the uh her classmates.
0: Yeah, she's um Doreen definitely takes um a, a kind of a, an affinity towards towards uh Hazel, even before she finds th- certain things out about her. And yes. yeah, so that's yeah, no, she, um, yeah, like definitely a, the, the the fun kid. Effectively, I've never been a teacher, but I've always heard from teachers. You know, there's always a few of those kids where they're like, there just seems to be a couple steps above everyone else, like in personality or the way how precocious they are, or something like that. They kind of make a little bit of a different mark than other kids do. So I think Hazel's like that kind of kid, but um, it makes sense because like, look at the life she's lived so far.
1: Yeah, no, no, right? She, She better be just the coat
0: yeah exactly uh, all right well uh, i'll uh, go ahead and jump into volume well, six. Uh, oh yes
1: do you want to go over just who we lost oh <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Our Thank you. in memoriam section per in volume. memoriam
0: <laughs> niece of an angel sir mclaughlin will start, start seeing for us here um so we lose yuma uh quain julep surge and the brand and dango so if you thought oh, only one death in volume four or well, like one or two deaths. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Brian
1: <laughs> and the other, they will make up for lost time.
0: Yep, exactly. Uh, all right, so we go into uh, volume six, and we actually have only one introduction of a character, at least by my count. Um, it's uh, Petrokor. Am I saying that right? That's how I read it. Petricor? That's how I
1: read it as well.
0: Okay, because uh, yeah, it's a—it uh, it definitely is, is not a, a name I've seen before. So. I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm saying it right. Um, so, all right, well, the summary of, of volume six uh, um, is uh, after a dramatic time jump, the three-time Eisner award went, oh, well, I was trying to skip. So after a dramatic time jump, uh, um, the series continues to evolve as Hazel begins the most exciting adventure of her life, kindergarten. <laughs> Meanwhile, her Starcross family learns hard lessons of their own. Um, this is probably like my favorite volume so far, by the way. Um, it's really good. Yeah, it this, it,
1: it really uh, brings it all home.
0: It it really does. It, and like yeah, like it kind of closes a lot of doors. And also, I I love, I love the relationship between Alana and Marco. And when they're getting along for whatever reason, it's like makes me really happy. And this mm. is definitely a part of the of the this uh, saga saga no fun, pun intended um yes that uh that where they're getting along like probably the best at, at oh the, absolutely absolutely at least thus far. because
1: because they've they've had uh they've had trials and tribulations and they come out and come out on the other
0: side stronger yeah, exactly the the whole crucible thing so i yes. i can i can attest to that i don't think i we've been married for uh for almost 16 years if uh if Carrie and I did not go through some shit in the first few months not shit oh, that hey. we created but like shit from other yeah things. just shit uh, yeah
1: but uh so, also I didn't realize 16 years congrats
0: yeah well 15 well it, it was our it was it's the anniversary of our uh 16th anniversary of our first date was on November 7th so oh, awesome and then we we got only we got married eight seven months later so in july oh, <laughs> so so not not a not a quick not a long engagement not a. but, but hey, hey
1: if you if you know what you want and you found what yeah. you want why waste time <laughs> so,
0: so if you were wondering why i like i love love uh yeah you know i've been kind of in a cool relationship for 16 years so <laughs> i want everyone else to feel the same way i do you know so
1: it's like, a beautiful thing
0: alana marco please be be nice to each other <laughs> okay all right well so we'll jump into this then um so the revolution ship uh that's right now has clara hazel ziz and lexus on um gets stopped by the same robot vessel that was tracking four for the last uh, volume and um so Basically, amongst the chaos, um, Clara takes the opportunity to kill Ziz. Beautiful panel. Yes. <laughs> it was very, very nice. Um, and so, you know, they, they don't waste time to, uh, to kill someone in Volume 6. And uh, they, um, so B- B- bangs Ziz's heads in uh, and leaves only Lexus alive from the revolution. Uh, Lexus basically switches teams as fast as possible. <laughs> Realizes like that's the Well, she just saw someone's head gets uh, yeah.
1: caved in, so she's like, you know what,
0: <laughs> Team Clara. <laughs> like, yeah, there
1: we go. Yeah. Yeah. there we
0: go. So the three basically create a story to say that they were uh, refugees that were captured by the slave trade, and they were trying to um to, to seek they were seeking refuge basically. So that's why at the end of volume five, um that um, Hazel's in that special. A special class essentially with with other kids with horns um because uh they're but this
1: ref- is in a prison like in an yeah. internment camp for, yeah, for lack it, of better it, it's, a,
0: it's a it's a non-combatant refugee internment camp exactly so yeah so yeah it, it has it has guards it's it's definitely they're not free but the um it, it seems to be at least the part that they're in is all are all women um right but yeah, it's essentially and then or in children as well. And so Noreen is the teacher of, of the kids in the kindergarten that Hazel's in. Um, and really kind of takes a special liking, like as we were just saying earlier, to Hazel. So Hazel leaves class, uh, goes to the showers, um, because that's where Lexis kind of points to where where Hazel's grandma is at the time. Uh, Lexis is now like sporting a cool mohawk. Uh, like and a, she and for like a, for
1: Hazel, she's Auntie Lexis. Like yeah. Hazel doesn't like see her as anything but family. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. No, okay. So, did you get like, especially at the end of this volume, do you get like romantic vibes between Lexus and Clara? Like,
1: um, I was thinking about that. I I didn't so much get the vibes, but I was thinking about that in context because how it ends, but also. Um, when you're reading in the earlier volumes, when you're reading uh, uh, Hazel's narration, um, it's when when uh, uh, Clara is kind of falling in in for a heist, like kind of yeah. into him. She says, "This wouldn't be the last time that my grandmother fell in love."
0: Yeah. Okay. In,
1: in her narration, so I don't know if that means uh, her, or if we're gonna meet someone else down the line.
0: Yeah, kind of get some uh, googly eye love romance. Right, eyes. right.
1: There's definitely a, at the very least a connection. There's some kind
0: of, rather. kind of chemistry. Rather, chemistry, respect, something. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely a couple of some sort, like friendship couple or romantic couple, something like that. Right. But so. Um, so hazel goes into the shower so look for a grandma um meets petrichor in the aforementioned uh, introduction of petrichor in the shower so you can imagine that uh she's completely nude and also um she's a trans female so she has a, penis a trans she, she's center.
1: a trans moony
0: trans moony yeah <laughs> I, and
1: I, I i feel like i could gum shit up sounding uh, more bigoted <laughs> when i say that but
0: i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and and um so so yeah uh, so she's kind of surprised because you know a little kid and you know it's kind of top black and white kind of situations and actually obviously petrichor is doesn't fit either uh yeah no those. hazel's
1: like but you have boy parts like what's yeah. the deal here <laughs> yeah.
0: and then she literally just points to her head she says i'm a woman in my head you know yeah. so i thought that was pretty cool also really quick uh, I love the subtleness of like when there's translators or there's no translators, and when mm-hmm. the the moonies are speaking the language um when when there's no translator around it's like kind of like a broken language like because mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was like a really cool like addition, like another fun thing added to this whole story to kind of add a little more nuance to it, you know like because um, they they definitely talked to whether or not they're being translated
1: we that. we never talked about it at a uh... In the first uh, volume or the first episode that we did, yeah. But uh, the Mooney language, like some of the words and where the accents are, look Hispanic or Portuguese, and some look like I feel like it's they're using a hodgepodge of real languages.
0: I completely agree. Yeah, it's kind of like a Latin base, but then there's something else attached to it as well. Yeah. No, absolutely, and I love the fact that it's literally called blue and it's written in blue text whenever mm, yes. they say it so so they're literally speaking the color blue so that, and i do
1: like that um we don't get when when they speak it oh um, man maybe this maybe i'm maybe i'm right in my assumption that these are all real words so you could actually dissect it you know yeah. like like you know there's a tapestry to dissect it because they don't give you translation notes when they speak in blue no, you either you, you either you get what they're saying from the context of the images or you just don't get it
0: to uh to the story and like and how it's written and like how everything of uh, the drawing and everything is it's easy oh, to kind of understand what they're saying even though you can't understand the language
1: no i mean um i would love to know the creative process of this book because yeah i i mean this is a uh Bendis and uh frick uh bagley this is a uh this is a Kirby Lee, like uh, amount of synergy. Like, you oh. know, when you read Bendis and Bagley on ultimate Spider-Man, that original run, you can see yes. that they're always on the same page. Um, and you know, that they're doing this in concert. Same thing. If you like read Lee Kirby, fantastic four. And I mean, of course, other people, and those are just two, cause those are such long four books like this one is that those are the two that popped into my head. you just yeah. say, same thing, Claremont Claire, Claremont Bird, but it's just kind of like, this is, in perfect sync where that if if the 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 words on the page don't tell you exactly what's happening the image
0: will No, totally absolutely yeah this is this is some synergy that it's kind of amazing what they they achieve here
1: no absolutely
0: back to uh hazel's birthday so she she you meet up you see uh You see Hazel's grandma Clara, and you find she's got a lot of prison tats, which is is all tatted up, including a knife on her face, (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. that's so awesome. Once again, Clara's mom or Clara is 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 badass, and Um, and
1: I like and you could sell like whatever. I don't know if she has full read of the prison, but she definitely has. She's definitely at least at the level of a gang leader in a prison. Cause like yeah. <laughs> she has sway over many people. She does.
0: <laughs> she has something going on there. Definitely. Um, so later, uh, Hazel goes back to class. Uh, Noreen gives her a cupcake in a, in a book, um, for her birthday, uh, when they're by themselves, Hazel kind of, um, uh, it's kind of taken aback by the book because that's a book that she read as a kid. Um, and decides that she's going to reveal to Noreen that she has wings besides her horns that are on her head. Um, Noreen doesn't take it too well. She literally passes out and bangs her head against the table. So, well, well,
1: well, she tries to take it well. Yeah, she does. <laughs> but it's a little overwhelming.
0: Yeah. yeah. She she knocks herself out blood, unfortunately. Um Petricor, uh the aforementioned, um, now fully clothed, <laughs> out of the shower, uh, happens to be walking by. Here's the commotion. She um helps set it up to make it look like that, uh, that Noreen had just fallen off of a ta- like, a basically she was staying on table and she just and it broke and, and, it caused her to fall and hit her head, uh, so that no one gets in trouble. Um, she offers to kill Noreen to, so that Hazel's we can remain a secret, but Hazel's like, no, 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 please don't kill my teacher. Um, so um, you know
1: she's like, this lady's my favorite. Please don't murder her.
0: Noreen is recovering from her head injury, um, and Clara and Lexis are indoctrinating the rest of the refugees to incite a revolution eventually. Um, and um, once Noreen recovers, she decides she's going to help. Hazel escape. Uh, so Noreen's going to help Hazel escape. Uh, so meanwhile, I'll uh, skip on forward to what Alana and Marco are doing. Um, they're breaking into the Hall of Records to find out where the family has been taken. Um, they they find the location of the refugee camp. Very, very uh, surprised and sad that it's, it's actually on landfall itself, which is kind of hard to uh, break into. So they have an old crash helmet which is made for uh, teleportation. However, like the landfallians have obviously like ability to prevent people from teleporting in and out of the refugee camps. Uh, The technology, however, they find out messes with robots. So they need to, um, so whenever a robot comes to visit the refugee camp, uh, they have to turn that technology off. So who are they going to call? None other than the former IV, who now goes by sir robot and their son uh who also has aged up a little bit um to like toddlers slash maybe a little older um squire robot i'm assuming that robots uh age faster than humans. it does
1: seem like they age quicker but he seems like he's
0: like seven or eight it's
1: not older but bigger than uh hazel
0: definitely and hazel,
1: yeah obviously older than him time-wise yeah um so I don't think if we uh, clarified. So when uh, Prince, uh, when Agent Gale gives uh, Prince Robot the Fourth the tip about tracking down his son, basically he's forbidden by uh, King Robot to do anything. He's like, "We have our people handle it. Like you couldn't handle my last mission for you, for yeah. you. So you're out." And just he basically by just going on the mission on his own, he kind of forfeited everything. And basically he gets an ultimatum if he doesn't come back with them, he's going to be stripped of all titles, and he ignores it. He rescues his son, but he's stripped of all titles.
0: So now he's living <laughs> kind of like as a, uh, out in the wild, essentially, on this this planet. It,
1: it, the, the, the planet that he's on almost feels like uh, the planet Luke's on in... Uh... What's the controversial controversial one? uh, Last Jedi. Jedi. It's kind of like that. And he's just kind of out there fishing with his son. He lives there with Goose. It seems Mm -hmm. pretty chill.
0: And then the part where he sucks on the teeth of that animal and gets the blue milk from it. Yeah, no. Really. No, no, really. uh, For a no.
1: second, for a split second, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. I was like, wait, wait what panel is that?
0: <laughs> oh, you missed that panel. No, um,
1: so well, One thing I did want to mention yes. when a lot of Marco do their heist, they mm-hmm. come up against the constables, which yeah. look like they're fire aliens. Like When I say yeah. fire aliens, they're made of fire. But they do wear clothes, so they're like in police tactical gear. But yeah, just talk about how it's awesome and how I love Fiona Staples because, like, who does that? That's such a weird concept for a character. Look how great it looks.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, once again, you know, it's just kind of like carte blanche to to kind of create what you want to create, and she does. She just wonders with it. Um, so yeah, they they they're they're like two old pros with uh, this whole B and E thing. And you yeah. better find out also that uh, they had um, they had been doing some uh, some some robber- bank robberies as well. So yes. they're definitely fugitives on the run, um, which is not what Clara and Heist wanted for them. But unfortunately, they're not in the picture at this moment, so they're doing what they have to do. Um, uh, so, one thing we do also,
1: yeah. what, or it's mentioned in uh, Hazel's narration, is that since Hazel was uh since they lost Hazel they've been so focused on getting her back and yes. that they've gotten closer than they once were but they haven't been intimate in any ways not even as much as kissing like yeah. they've just been they like their relationship is getting more solid but like they're they're not physical or intimate in any way
0: no yeah exactly and so once they find that hazel's alive still because this whole time they're they're basically in the back of their heads hoping. They're, they're, yeah they're hoping but they're basically <laughs> they're hoping
1: but their 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 realism is like we've lost her she's really dead but they won't yeah. like it basically is something they like they won't say it out loud to each other because that would make it real so they work on the hope that they're going to be able to save her but in their hearts they're like this is a fruitless endeavor
0: they've come to terms that she's yeah. passed so when they find out she hasn't died and that they she survived that whole skirmish with the uh, with the revolution. Um, they uh, certain inhibitions uh, <laughs> go away, and finally they, get, they get intimate again. <laughs> yes, they, they totally bone. Which uh, we'll get to that in a little bit here. Um, that it definitely is actually uh, crucial to the story. Uh, they're boning, so <laughs> um, the um, so they convince uh, uh, Sir Robot. To don the disguise of another member of the monarchy uh, that Alana has somehow stolen—that <laughs> she won't get into—but how? Oh, uh, um,
1: yeah. it, it, it's almost—they do convince him, obviously, but it's almost like oh. They get Goose to convince them because
0: Goose yeah. is so pleasant. Like, you can't say no to him. He's like, oh, ah, yeah. come on. They're a friend. They're good guys. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you can't say no to Goose. No, and Goose is, is one of the secret all-stars of this entire series. I oh, think.
1: He's, he's fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I, I I, literally, like, last volume, you know, you see him for, like a panel like in the last, our last, uh, last three volumes. And yet I was like, Hey, Goose is here. Like, I gotta talk about Goose. Yeah. Yeah. And he,
1: it's a, it's a definitely a Claremont style. It's like, Oh, this is a nothing character. We'll never see it again. It's like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. This is actually your fifth lead. Sorry.
0: Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, uh, no, okay. Question for you. Um, when you're reading his dialogue, um, are you, what kind of voice are you using? Like if you use a voice in your head, like. It's, it's
1: a, it's a cartoonier voice than the rest of the characters. Yeah, and he definitely and he definitely has an accent. He's like Norwegian or Scandinavian or something.
0: Yeah. I kind of I kind of <laughs> go between like Norwegian, like hillbilly, and hillbilly. sometimes oh. and sometimes I like, was gonna
1: say, um, have you ever met anyone from Nova Scotia or heard yeah. them speak? <laughs> like something like that.
0: I can see that. And then like the tone of the voice, sometimes I read it as very deep, and sometimes I read it as like hey. A falsetto you know but like so I, it, yeah it's i
1: read it in a, a in a more of a falsetto and kind of uh like kind of i don't want to say slow like like intellectually slow but like kind of like a draw
0: a draw. the um so they, they, convince, they they're uh,
1: linking up with the uh, prince uh robot the fourth to yep. help them infiltrate
0: so they they fly to landfall and to enact her plan. Meanwhile, uh, Upshur and Doff—if you don't remember them from the uh, from a few volumes ago—those are the reporter duo. They find out that the uh, brand is now dead and that the curse that she put on them to not tell a soul about the Elan Marco story has been lifted. So uh, Upshur has actually secretly been working on this uh, investigation for a while and has deduced that where the trail. Um, uh, for the hapless couple is Lies. And so they they arrive on the icy planets uh, that most of Volume 5 took place on. But uh, they're confronted by The Will. Who's now that? <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I, I love it. He's overweight.
0: <laughs> and he's on he's drugs. <laughs> he's 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 hallucinating about these drugs that he has on the stock and the brand. Um, yeah. And he's traveling with Sweet Boy. And so lying Cat, I think, is now with with Gwendolyn and, and Sophie permanently um, and so sweet boy is uh, his companion. Um, he basically ambushes the reporters and forces them to work for him to find um, Ivy so he can avenge uh, the Sox death because uh, he's still up on all that shit <laughs> and um, Upshur and Dolph uh, reluctantly use their connections to find a planet the planet that Ivy is on um, that or likely on um, and unfortunately has to give up information about another like secretly gay person on that planet that they're from where being gay yeah. is essentially <laughs> against the law. So it's a, it's a bit, it's
1: a, it's a bit brutal. Like, it's like, Oh dude, that's that's dark, that that's the
0: cost of doing business. Yeah. And I'll just uh, say
1: uh, one thing we, we kind of uh, glazed over is the way that they get to the ice planet is they actually go and they get a tip from a uh, Ginny. like their research actually leads yes. them to Ginny. Yes. Who, I guess, Marco, before they left, confided in more and, you know, communicated with since they'd been gone.
0: Which is where, where he got the uh, the sword and the, the shield from. The shield, well. yes. So, yeah, so, so yeah, oh, yeah thank you very much. I actually skipped that part in my, my notes, so that is, yeah, that's definitely. I got right. you back. Yep, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so I'm sure Dof, Dof, uh, reluctantly used your connections, it, so they, they make it to the planets. Uh, it turns out that. that They were correct on what planet uh, that robot was on, and well, robots no longer there. Uh, Prince Robot's no longer there because he's he's helping Lana Marco, Um, and um, the will goes after uh, the squire to kill him, but Goose uh, steps in like a hero, and. Uh, slices uh, the wills fingers off with this giant halberd axe, which, yeah. which, which, yeah, like, 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 yeah, like, goose is an amazing character, but you don't find him like daunting, like physically at all, until this moment where you see that he's he he's not talking, you know, he's he's a, he's a more of an action he's right. seal. He's <laughs>
1: very polite. He's uh he's very polite. Uh, Liam Neeson had taken. He's like, hey, like I don't want there to be a thing. But if you make it a thing, I'm going to have to do stuff. It's going to be unpleasant. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like so. super polite about it. But he, he will fuck you up.
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. So the will obviously not too happy about his uh, his missing fingers. Um, he's he's about to kill Goose, but then hallucinates the brand, telling him to go find Gwendolyn instead. Uh, I'm assuming it's Gwendolyn. It was to find the last person who cared about you or, you know, or that you cared about. I'm assuming it was well, probably Sophie or Sophie, Sophie yeah. and
1: well, they're together. Yeah.
0: Together. Yeah. So he leaves, so he leaves, um, without killing anybody. So meanwhile, back at the refugee center, sir, robot, uh, in disguise, uh, convinces the refugee camp to uh, turn off the defenses so he can enter, but instead Marco teleports in just as Noreen is about to get caught smuggling out Hazel. Uh, Noreen knocks out the guard in the scuffle, and Marco is reunited with her with his daughter. Yay! Uh, I'm not
1: gonna lie, I teared up a little bit. Yeah. Like, I it wasn't a full on cry, but I was just
0: like, because at, at first, because it's been like two years. Like, and then Marco's like, I don't know if you remember me or remember. Right, right, yeah. I'm like, totally. so he comes with Pong
1: Kong, and he's yeah. just like, I don't know if you remember me. I don't know if you remember this. And then like she sees him and she processes and she's like, Daddy. And yeah. it's a really, really beautiful scene.
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, and so quick, quick, uh, you know, they reunite really quickly. Um and and Marco's like, Okay, well, I'm gonna teleport back with, with our kid, and I'll come back for for because uh, um Clara and uh Lexus and Petrichor are all, also all there because they had come to help help uh, noreen uh, not get in trouble uh, smuggling hazel out um so yeah
1: it did that she uh cracked her skull um noreen's pretty chill pretty yeah. chill about the whole situation she's kind of shocked and intrigued but she's not at all upset or you know scared or hostile towards uh like hazel or the situation at all
0: yeah no it's pretty pretty cool a lot, a lot cooler of a character than i expected when they first yeah you know. absolutely she kind of has like that busybody kind of feel to her, you know, like like oh, mm-hmm. she's gonna like get into someone's shit without, you know, like when 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 Hazel shows her her wings, I'm like, that's the last person you want to do that to. Right, right. <laughs> it
1: seemed like it's it yeah. like the the teacher that seems nice and was gonna turn on her, but like, no, 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 she's just oh. a genuinely nice person, she's like a genuinely good person.
0: Pretty <laughs> amazing. So um, so um Marco's going to come back for his mom, um, but his mom basically says, I'm happy here and I'm helping uh, make changes, and so I'm going to stay with uh, with Lexus. So Marco's like, okay, fine, if that's what you want to do, and also nice tattoos. You know, like, <laughs> comments. That his, his mom is all tatted up now. And uh, and they leave, but Petricor is like, screw this shit, I'm leaving. Petrichor's so- like, if
1: you're not taking, because basically he had a a three including him, a three person yeah. limit that he could teleport out, so mm-hmm. himself hazel and his mother um because the uh the helmet was a bit damaged and old, yeah, and Petricor is like, well, if any if no one else like he, he could still take one extra person and if you're not going not going, why not me
0: yep so so Petracor she uh, tags along, and um there's um. So there's a small skirmish, obviously, because this random person that no one's ever met randomly pops up, and one sees right, a robot. Right, but, but yeah.
1: she, she's a moody, and she sees yeah. a robot and a, a Yeah, and So like, she's a, um, immediately in attack mode. She doesn't yeah. have the context that everyone, all our other main characters Cause, have. Because
0: she was under the idea that uh, that um, Hazel's mom was from the moon, was, and she was basically was raped. was raped, and that's why she has she's both you know a hybrid essentially, and yeah. um so so she's she's not expecting a female um, in and, and let alone a robot. So obviously they get kind of in a skirmish, but once again misunderstanding, they figure it out uh, afterwards. Um, um, Petra Cor basically says like, because Alana's like, oh you, oh um you know don't kill me. And Petrachor's like, well, I wouldn't kill you anyways because you're pregnant. And um, she reveals that Petrichor. well, Petrichor had kind of shown that she has senses like that before. But Petrichor's like, yeah, I can smell it on you that you're with child at this moment. And so the faces <laughs> of Marco and Alana as the chapter ends um, are mm-hmm. a mixture between fear, uh, excitement, uh, terror, <laughs> like, confusion uh so like once again this the artwork says so much about everything that's going on in in this in the story because yeah um marco is like looks like he just like stepped in front of a bus that's speeding towards him and alana is like smiling and grabbing her stomach (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and kind of surprised so so yeah definitely two different reactions (laughs) to the situation and like they've already gone so, through so much shit with one kid so now they're bringing another kid into the into this whole situation the aforementioned uh intimacy that uh that occurred after they found out that hazel was alive um all right well that ends volume six um yeah oh let me get actually only one death uh that was that this guy who uh died in the, in the first couple panels um, yeah yeah so uh and whatever
1: those uh those uh mine aliens that attack to, that attack the ship.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, but like not not really any like uh named characters though. So so we're uh you so know that means that volume seven is probably gonna just be a blood death. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no I mean, um, way things are going. It's so good. It's it's yeah. so good. I, I will say this, uh reading these set of issues like the first issue covered in the uh in uh volume four is uh issue 19 and i it really took me that let me not say took me out of the story but it really was a doubter because in the narration hazel's like this is the story of how my parents break up mm-hmm. and like the recipe for the end of their relationship is so there because um, Ginny is totally into him and is yeah. ready to cheat. They are, you know, they are in a bad place. Uh, Alana and Marco are just in a bad place and space in their relationship. Alana's getting into drugs. Like, it looks like that this is going to be a disaster as far as their relationship goes, as far as this family unit. And, like, um, when, when, uh when Marco and Alana have their big fight and he throws the groceries at her and he goes to Ginny's place, I was almost under the impression that he was screwing around already.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that.
1: Like, Like I had gotten the energy, like, like that they were, they were not showing us because like she had already put his, her hand on his leg. Basically she had all but said, Hey, like my husband's out of town all the time. And you know, we all have to keep, you know, secrets she, from our spouses. She
0: literally so does she, say that.
1: <laughs> she's, yeah, yeah, like she's she's, she's yeah. like giving him all these green lights, yeah. so that when you finally get to the point that you realize, no, Marco didn't cheat. Like Marco is, like, like, and Marco's definitely attracted to her. Like that's not yeah. up for debate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But like you know, he he does the right thing, and it's just like you know, there's yeah. a little hope for people.
0: Exactly, and yeah, it's just kind of a misunderstanding. Uh, to say, to say the least, but yeah. So, so when, when Hazel said this is how my parents break up, she literally meant it, like physically. Like, <laughs> well,
1: no, she says split up, split up, oh, split and, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and exactly. She meant that. <laughs> yeah,
0: like literally, they split up, as in like they go in two different directions. So, so we take it one way, but it definitely was meant a different way. So, but yeah. Um, so so far so good we have uh we're two-thirds done then with the uh the series as of it is right now as we're uh recording um, yes if, we're waiting
1: for it to come back from hiatus
0: yes so um and it looks like by the cover of issue 55 i don't know if you've seen it but there's a new character
1: oh um, no i have not seen it yeah there's a new
0: <laughs> there's a brand new character introduced on there and um and And Hazel looks older, so I'm assuming we're we're getting another jump soon. A
1: little little time skip. Um, What I I was going to actually shout out the covers. Nice transition that you mentioned it (laughs) because one, like now as I see more and more of the covers because I have context now because I've seen these covers for years. The covers have always been beautiful, but uh, uh, Fiona Staples does a really good job. Like I think. I, w- I don't want to say 100% of the name characters, but, like, the majority of the main cat, main and ancillary cast gets showcased on a cover.
0: Yes. Like, you know,
1: because in a big, you know, in a full book, like, some of the art's a little bit more sketchy. You know, it's in panels, so you can't really get a showcase for each character. But it's like, you know, Barr, who isn't around very long, he has a cover. Yuma yeah. has a cover. The brand has a cover. Yeah. Like, um, the stock has a cover. The journalists guys have a cover. Like, I think yeah. there's multiple Lion Cat covers. There's a uh, revolution. The last revolution gets a cover. Yeah. it's just a really neat thing.
0: Yeah, Alana in uh, in her uh, her circuit garb as well.
1: Yeah, Alana in yeah. her circuit garb. Um, multiple covers of Isabel Goose. <laughs> Goose, yeah, Goose yeah. gets a nice cover with Frendo.
0: Yeah, so. I'll, or is that maybe, that might
1: be another one of the uh walruses? Yeah. It may not be Fredo, though,
0: but um, but there's um, my favorite saga um, uh, cover is towards the end of the series. I think it might be volume nine, besides volume okay. eight or nine. So we'll we'll, we'll talk about it next week, but it's um, it's Petrichor and Goose in a pool like like basically like in little pool rooms. oh yeah yeah yeah. i'm yeah. looking
1: at it right now
0: <laughs> and, it's, uh, and like goose is like totally naked and just like floating like back float and like they're Why just not? chilling yeah
1: but yeah like uh it's it's even great. dango gets a cover it's a really good cover yeah. too
0: oh yeah no totally um oh oh speaking of really quick just uh the creepiness of Dango when he's trying to console the children as he's killing people and he puts yeah. on, like, like friendly looking things. It's like that killer clown <laughs> kind of aspect. Yeah, thing. he's like,
1: Hazel, focus on me, and then he blows that dude down. Yeah,
0: of. and he has, like, this, like, cartoony plant that has, like, a smiley face on, you know, on his screen at this time as he's killing someone. It's like, oh, man, that's like Ted Bundy shit. Or not yeah, Ted yeah, Bundy. It's... The other guy. No, no. Um... John Wayne Gacy. What's his... Yeah, John Wayne Gacy. That is it for uh, our second uh, episode. Um, It will be back. For the saga, saga, saga. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the saga, saga, saga will be uh, ending um, next week. And hope you all enjoy and have a. In
1: January, we get much more saga. (laughs)
0: Yes, exactly. And then um, three or four years down the road, when they finally finish the series, we will do the the next uh, nine volumes there you go so sounds like uh, a plan sounds really good all right well you guys all have a good day and we'll see you next week later bye